You are listening to Gangland Wire, hosted by former Kansas City Police Intelligence Unit Detective Gary Jenkins. Well, good evening, all you wiretappers out there. Welcome to another installment in the Portrait of a Hitman series. This is the series in the Chicago Tribune back in 1973 by uh, well-known reporter Bob Weidrich. Uh, he was able to interview Charles Chucky Cromaldi uh, at length about his activities just before he left town and disappeared into the witness protection program. He's interviewed about all the judges and lawyers and uh, doctors and, and professional people that have incurred the wrath of Sam DiStefano and how he put him on a hit list. And then he got word out of prison back to Cromaldi to try to hit these guys. Number one on the hit list was Circuit Court Judge Nathan M. Cohen in Cook County. He had sentenced Sam DiStefano to a term of three to five years in 1965 for a conspiracy to commit perjury in an armed robbery case. The second one was his lawyer, Julius Lucius Eccles, E-C-H-E-L-E-S, Eccles. He was a criminal attorney who had uh, defended DiStefano unsuccessfully. The uh, assistant state's attorney, who was actually the one in trial prosecuting, was a Patrick Tuite. Then there was a Cook County hospital physician who had refused to accept DeStefano's illness as a cause for granting him special privileges while he was being held in the county jail awaiting trial. Uh, DeStefano gave instructions to Cromaldi to gun all these men down. Question. What did DeStefano tell you to do? Answer. He said that once he was back in the penitentiary, he would send out numbers through his wife, Anita, like Judge Cohen was number one. His lawyer, Eccles, was number two. The prosecutor, it was number three, and the doctor was number four. He'd just say, tell Chucky to go on number three, or tell Chucky to go on number one. Question, how were you supposed to carry out these killings? Answer, that was up to my discretion. Question, but did he want a typical gangland-style street hit with a shotgun, with a lot of notice to everybody, make a, a scene? Or did he want something more quiet, more subtle? Answer, no, just in any way I wanted to do it, but just to make sure I got away because Sam couldn't be there to control anybody in case I got in trouble. Question, what was the first number he sent out? Answer, number two, his lawyer, Julius Eccles. Question, what did you do? Eccles was set up in his office one Saturday afternoon. He was set up through Sam's wife, Anita. She made an appointment to meet him in his downtown office, but instead of Anita, I went. Well, Eccles' secretary worked that Saturday, and she very seldom did. When I walked into the office with a pistol and everything, there was a secretary, and there was no way that I'm going to do it with the secretary standing there. She would have identified me. So I just asked him if Anita had been there yet, and he said no. So I told him when I called the house, she told me she'd meet him, meet me here. So I hung up and came on down here. I said, oh, I guess Anita got tied up. She's not going to make it. So I just walked out of the office. Question. Otherwise, Eccles would have been dead if his secretary didn't work that day? Answer. Yes, sir, he would have been. Just for your information, Cromaldi never did return to kill Eccles. He ended up having a falling out with Anita DiStefano. 
and just quit working for Mad Sam altogether. I guess he figured it was safe as long as Mad Sam was in the joint. Now, by the time Mad Sam got out later, and a few years later, he did hire somebody to go after Camaldi, but that's a story for another day. Question, so what about the judge? Did Mad Sam ever send you out words to kill the judge? Yes, there was an attempt to set up Cohen, but it was done through another guy who was supposed to go on the job with me. He was a guy Sam had met at the penitentiary. He was supposed to be a halfway decent hitman. He turned out to be a real idiot. Sam had arranged with this other guy to do the job before he went in the hospital. He told he told that guy, he said, contact my guy Chucky. So this guy came out of the prison at Stateville. Yeah, Sam said he would pay him something like $2,500 to get him out. And then when he came out, he tried four or five people to be this guy's partner, and they wouldn't do it with him. So then he set me up with him. The guy finally met me in a tavern over on Broadway, and it was full of thieves. I said, you got to be nuts. In everybody's eyes, I was still a good hitman who could be trusted, although I had been recruited by the FBI at this time. So I said to him, why do you put me in a place like this with all these people? I was mad. I backed him off completely. He wasn't paying Sam the $2,500 that he'd spent to get him out of jail, and he wasn't making any moves on the killing. So when Sam got out of the jail and into the hospital, I brought this dude over to Sam, and Sam gave him a good beating right there in the hospital room. Question, what about the guard that was on Sam? Answer, Sam told the guard to get lost, and then Sam slapped this guy around, and I hit him a few times, and that was it. Guy started paying Sammy's money, and about a month later, he went back to jail for something else. Question, so you're telling me Sam just told the guard to leave the room? Answer, yeah, that's right. He told, he just said, leave the room, and the dude left the room. They always did. Sam must have given out 20 beatings just while he was in the hospital that time alone. Question, but the guards always did what Sam told them to do? Answer, oh yeah, you know, like, see you later, go for a walk. Sam was taking care of them with money, of course. One of them, I took him down to the car when Sam wanted to give somebody a beating. I brought the guy down and gave him a gallon of homemade Italian wine. Sam had no problem getting around people. I was the one who went to the Polk Brothers and got the refrigerator for him while he was in the county jail. Question, did did this guy ever actually study Judge Cohen's movements to try to set him up for a hit? Answer, he claimed he did, but whether he did or not, I don't know. He was a failure. Question, what, what about to it? Or the doctor, did anyone ever make a move on them? Answer, no. You see, I left Sam's employee by that point in time. Question, and what other activities did you participate in in order to discipline loan sharks? Answer, well, sometimes you would just wing a guy with a thirty-eight caliber revolver just to remind him he was behind on his payments. Take the case of this county forest preserve ranger who was on juice to DeStefano. It was back in about 1966. We kidnapped him first and took him to Sam's house and gave him a, a beating. He, he agreed to pay after that, and we took him back home. Question, but this guy got shot later, didn't he? Answer, yeah, he got shot in the forest preserve. He was working that day. His sideline was shaking down levers he caught in the forest preserve. Instead of arresting them, he would shake them down for money. Sam finally got hot because after we kidnapped him, he wasn't paying his interest again. So we asked for the guy to get shot as a reminder. Question, well, how was this job done? Answer. One night while the ranger was working, prowling in search of lovers as usual, somebody went and took a shot at him. He went to one of the outfit doctors for treatment. Yeah, he probably went to that Northbrook Hospital, that Dr. Bruni that they had on the payroll, more than likely. 
Question, well, how'd this go down that night? Is he out just walking around? Is he in a squad car? Is he, is he a, is a ranger? Is he by a horse? Answer, well, what they'd do is just they'd have a squad car and they'd leave their car and walk out through and among parked automobiles out in the park with a flashlight. If they caught, if they caught somebody doing it, they'd bang on the window and when they got up, then they'd shake them down. Then he'd shake them down for money. Question, well, how'd you shoot him? I just shot him in the leg. He went down, and we just left him there. Question, was there any doubt in his mind where that bullet came from? Did Sam let him know that it came from him? Answer, Sam called him up maybe two or three days later and said he was sorry to hear about his accident, which had never been reported or anything, so he got the message. Question, did he pay? Answer, yeah, he resumed the weekly payments right away. He was never late again. So, so much for Mad Sam turning his hitman loose and his leg breaker loose on people who had angered him in any way. Mad Sam was was so crazy. It, it's a good thing that this guy had a half a brain and didn't always do exactly what Sam wanted him to do. If he'd have killed that judge or killed that prosecutor— that there would have been a hell to pay. I'm pretty sure about that. Of course, again, this is Cook County. In in Jackson County, Missouri, there would have been a hell to pay. The feds would have come in all over it, and, and there would have been a ton of money allotted to uh, put people uh, into the investigation, and there would have been making deals all over the place. Just You, you would have let anybody go. You'd have let the devil go if you could get them to testify uh, about somebody who— uh, get a conviction in somebody that wanted to kill the judge or a prosecutor, at least here in Jackson County. Now, Cook County, like I said, is a little bit different. So if you have a friend or relative with a problem with drugs or alcohol, make your first call to first call. Call 816-361-5900 or go to their website, www.firstcallkc.org. As always, I thank you for listening to my podcast. If you would like to support the podcast, hit me up on your Venmo app and buy me a cup of coffee. The code is GANGLANDWIRE, all one word. If you're listening to this on iTunes, why, give me a review. Now, you know, if you subscribe to one of these podcasts, it doesn't mean that you have to pay anything or you do anything. It just means that uh, your app, your podcast app, will automatically get a notice that a new podcast has been released. You can do the same thing on my website, www.ganglandwire.com. If you subscribe to my website, the only thing you'll get from me will be an email whenever a new blog piece, which I do a few written blogs, or a new podcast is dropped. So subscribe to the website if you want to. On the shop page, you can donate. Hit the donate button. $25, you can get a free copy of my Gangland Wire DVD. It's the kind of the backstory behind the movie Casino, a story of how Kansas City, Chicago, Milwaukee, and uh, Cleveland mob families skimmed money from Las Vegas casinos. I've written a companion book to that same story, Leaving Vegas, How FBI Wiretaps Ended Mob Domination of Las Vegas Casinos. I suggest you get the Kindle version because whenever I use a transcript from a wiretap, there's a link to the actual wiretap, and you can you can hear the actual men talking about skimming from Las Vegas casinos and other things going on that the mob was interested in out in Las Vegas. I have over 200 free back episodes of Gangland Wire for your listening pleasure. And don't forget about the Kansas City Mob Tour app. Take your own mob tour of Kansas City. It's only available in the Apple App Store.
Good night, wiretappers. Music provided by our good friend and super fan from Portland, Oregon, Casey McBride. Thanks, Casey.